Welcome to Celtic Legacy. I'm your host, T.M. Moore. Each week we bring you insights from the period of the Celtic arrival around 430 to 800 AD to demonstrate the continuing importance of that little-known period of church history. Reading history doesn't have to be dull and boring, and that's especially true of reading church history. As the title of John Steele's excellent book on understanding poetry has it, all the fun's in how you say a thing. And Celtic Christians knew how to tell a good story, especially when it came to their great heroes of the faith, such as Brendan of Clonfort. It was important to those anonymous hagiographers to put their heroes in a proper context, to position them in a line or a pedigree that would set their story as part of the continuing work of God in saving the world. That's why frequently in those ancient saints' lives, they will begin with a litany of biblical and historical saints of whom their champion is but the latest incarnation. We'll see that in today's edition of Celtic Legacy, entitled An Ongoing Legacy. Our text is from The Life of Brendan, translated by Charles Plummer from a 17th century manuscript, and it comes from his priceless Lives of Irish Saints. Happy, righteous, blessed, and perfect is the man on whom is the fear and dread of the mighty Lord, and who desires greatly to fulfill the command and teaching of God as it is laid down in the canon of the Old and New Testaments. Now there are many of the patriarchs and of the prophets and apostles of the Lord, and of elements of whom this oracle is spoken in the Old and New Testament, that they were happy, just and perfect in their desire and longing to fulfill the divine command and teaching, and who had the secret of the fear of the Lord perfectly in their hearts and minds, without thought for anything else but that alone. One then of this company of happy and blessed ones in the New Testament is he whose festival and commemoration falls at this season on the sixteenth day of May, to wit, Brendan son of Finlung. This Brendan was the head of the belief and devotion of a great part of the world, like faithful Abraham, a preeminently prophetic psalmist like David, the son of Jesse, a distinguished sage like Solomon, the son of David, a lawgiver to hundreds like Moses, the son of Amram, a prolific translator like Jerome, a wondrous thinker like Augustine, a great and eminently universal student like Oregon, a virgin like John, the Lord's bosom fosterling, an evangelist like Matthew, a teacher like Paul, a chief apostle, gentle and forgiving like Peter, an Aramite like John the Baptist, a commentator like Gregory of Rome, a prudent and wondrous emissary by sea and land like Noah and the ark. One of the literary forms popular during the afterglow of the Celtic revival is hagiography or lives of great saints. The earliest of these is Secknall's hymn to Patrick, Audite Omnes Amantes, Listen All You Lovers of God. This was written perhaps while Patrick was still alive. Hagiographers appear in practically every generation after that, but we only know the names of a few of them. Many of their works appear to have been expanded and embellished over the centuries to magnify the virtues or achievements of one saint and by association his spiritual descendants above others. Hagiographies are kind of history, but not. They do not purport to give a full or complete, act, completely accurate account of the life of any saint. Hagiographers felt free to invent stories or exaggerate achievements to make a point about their subject. 
These would not have been regarded as lies, and they most likely were not received as literally true. Reading these accounts, we can almost see the twinkle in the eye of the writer, or the smiling wink of one who is repeating an account for the first time to a young audience. We recall that storytelling was one of the characteristic features and most loved pastimes of Celtic Christians, a penchant inherited from their pre-Christian ancestors. One hagiographer of the great St. Column Kela, who flourished in the middle of the 6th century, Adamnan, seemingly aware that readers would not accept everything they read at face value, over and over insisted that he could document the amazing works of his subject by referring readers to those who had heard them from eyewitnesses and reported them faithfully to him. Even these claims, however, must not be taken to suggest that everything Adam Nan reported about Colum was, quote-unquote, true. Brendan, who is called the Navigator because of his voyages on the sea, was one of the great leaders of the third generation of the Celtic revival. He flourished in the middle of the 6th century. Appointed to his calling by Finian of Clonard, he left his monastery at Clonfort and undertook missions on the ocean, sailing west and north from Ireland, following the leading of the Spirit as he took him and his company to various places and through many adventures. The account of Brendan's voyages, the Navigatio Brendani, was one of the most beloved hagiographies of the Middle Ages. More than 125 accounts of Brendan's journeys have come down to us in three different languages. He seems to have been a true historical figure, and the accounts of his journeys on the sea also appear to have a grounding in history. In the 1970s, an Irish adventurer, Tim Severin, undertook to replicate Brendan's voyages following information in the Navigatio, and he produced an account the Brendan voyage, arguing, convincingly, I think, in favor of the historicity of the saint and his achievement. The selection we chose introduces the life of Brendan. We note the careful way our anonymous hagiographer establishes the saint's pedigree. He possessed the kind of character such as was to be found in the great saints of scripture in church history. Michael O'Cleary, a Franciscan lay brother, passed this manuscript along with a new rendering early in the 17th century. However, the story appears to be much older. The mention of saints to whom Brendan bore similarity ends in the 5th century, Augustine and Jerome. Many other better-known saints had appeared before Michael O'Cleary's day, but we find no mention of them. The account is written in Middle Irish, again suggesting an origin earlier than O'Cleary. Curious by omission is any reference to Patrick in this pedigree. The earliest Irish saints associated with Brendan and mentioned in this life were his mentors, Ita and Eric, and an earlier near-contemporary, Bridget. Brendan was a man who feared the Lord and loved his commandments. Thus he was a truly happy and fruitful servant of God. He flourished in the middle of the 6th century as head of the Irish monastery at Clonford. He was a man of many gifts, great learning, and much energy, and he served as a faithful shepherd of his flock until he was appointed to go on Peregrinatio, a wandering gospel mission, by leather boat over the western sea. His adventures there show us a man of deep piety, holy love, courage, wisdom, and vision. They also reveal a deeply human person who was perplexed and disappointed at the results of his first voyage and sought the counsel of trusted mentors to help him better prepare for the next. Brendan's goal during these voyages, as the life describes it, was to reach, quote, the promised land of the saints, end quote, which readers would have understood not as a real place, 
but as an earthly paradise, a metaphor meant to capture the experience of visiting the eternal glory of the new heavens and new earth. This ability to know the then and there of the Christian life in the here and now of our daily experience is one of the distinctive features of the Celtic Christian period. Brendan's life may have been intended as an allegory celebrating the kind of disciplined life that brings one into the presence of the Lord and his glory, there to be transformed increasingly into the image of Jesus himself. The life of Brendan makes for interesting and challenging reading. It's chock full of historical reference, details from everyday life, incense to spiritual life and the community of saints, and fun-loving Irish storytelling, history, and biography on a wink and a prayer. Most of all, it calls us to appreciate the legacy of faithful believers whose contributions in their day have made it possible for the gospel to come down to us. While some of the pedigrees recorded in these heroes of faith spill over into hyperbole, that simply witnesses to the writer's view that these people and their exploits matter, as indeed they do. Visit our website, www.ilba.org, to discover many of the free resources for kingdom living available there. To learn more about the Celtic Revival and its enduring legacy, click the bookstore tab at our website and order a free copy of our book, The Legacy of Patrick. Join us next time on Celtic Legacy, and we'll see how Celtic Christians live toward the vision of the Lord's return. Until then, for Celtic Legacy and the Fellowship of Ilva, this is T.M. Moore. Oh,